0: wrestling fans of all ages shapes sizes genders and everything in between it is time to go to war and be the cure for the common wrestling podcast welcome to the revolution buzz buzz guys my name is kate murphy what's going on everybody this is will tarashek the founder of the kings of the rings podcast what's going on guys it is i the one and only quiet riot himself Zack, your host of the young Lions perspective what's up guys this is the monday night delight greetings one and all this is your prime minister speaking your favorite canadian mr fret hey what's up you guys this is nate the F and great from the game changer podcast if you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening listening. then you are listening get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on everybody this is king ricky rose your general manager and you are listening to wrestle addict radio now enjoy the show are you ready on guys, Zach from the Wrestling Issues Podcast here and welcome to episode 239 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Monday evening and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Hope your weekend went as good as it could be under the circumstances of what's going on in the United States today. Lockdowns and all that nonsense uh, BS. But, as y'all know, of course, it is a non post pay pay-per-view Monday. That means we get to talk about the news of the weekend. All the news that's fit for me to talk about. But before we get into anything, um, first and foremost, I want to make, again, don't mind me swiping off the shit ton of dog hair that just happened, that <laughs> my dog Marley just got all over me with her love vest. But before we get into anything, I want to make sure y'all know that this segment of the program is brought to you by our Patreon. Of course, got to pay the bills around here. 17 cents a day may not give you a lot in this world. It can be like that sometimes. 17 cents a day won't even get you as much as a drop of gas or a piece of Bazooka Joe gum. But, 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 17 cents a day can get you a lot of access, a lot of exclusivity, if you will, over on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash rust 17 cents a day it can get you to be a part of our group chat chat with the other patrons as well as all the members of Wrestle Addict Radio, including myself. We're on there from time to time. Of course, Monday night, it's Monday night, of course, that means Raw's gonna be going on. I'm sure there'll be some discussions about that. Y'all know for the most part, I don't watch Raw because Raw is an insult to my intelligence. We get, but we do talk about, you know, trivia and life things, articles and all that stuff. As well as, of course, you get to hear exclusive shows. You won't hear on regular wrestle Edit radio programming shows like Love and War with Kate Murphy and King Richard Rose. Let's talk about the traditions of dating as not only a professional wrestling band, but as a professional wrestling podcaster. Very interesting show. Um, I believe all they're still on episode four, and I, 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 they haven't done a new episode as of yet, but when they do, I'll definitely be making sure to check all of that out. Also, is Spade 5 where Fred gets to talk, where get to talk about his top five insert topics here. And I believe the newest uh, episode I just came out was Botches. So uh, if you are all about the botch in your Botch Club USA, uh, definitely sign up and definitely check that episode out. As well as, of course, my podcast, the Secret Files Podcast. you don't know what the topic will be about until you hit the play button, I will be having something coming up this month with a very special guest, it is a collaboration that I've wanted to do for quite some time, and that my special guest has wanting to do for quite some time with me. So when that drops, y'all know it is going to be one hell of an epic collaboration. But if that doesn't hook you, what about an exclusive code? I know what the code is, but I can't tell you unless you're part of the page. I'm mean, It gets you 15% off every single time check out any of the Teespring stores, any Teespring items you may have from any of our stores, the YLB uh, Collection, of course, as well as, uh, you know, HBIC, the uh, King of the Rose Store, the Original War Store, the Original WrestleLight Radio Store, uh, the Friends of Mania, Game Changer, and the Delight Stores, as well as the Pride Collection as well. All of that you get for $0.17 a day. Who would have thought $0.17 would get you this much? Patreon.com forward slash Wrestle Radio. 17 cents a day, equating to $5 a month. Get you all of that access and exclusivity. Consider becoming a member of the family today. Now, before I get into any of the news that I have this week, there was some big news that came down the pike earlier this morning. Um, and may I extend my condolences to the family of one James Kamala, Harris, and that is not a uh, new naming a politician. Former WWE wrestler Kamala, unfortunately, uh, went into the uh, Wrestling Kingdom in the sky earlier today. Uh, I found this article from CNN.com. Former WWE wrestler James Kamala Harris dies at 70s from Amir Vera and Holly Silverman. Former WWE wrestler James Harris has died at age 70, according to a news release from the wrestling company. That is WWE. Harris, who performed in the ring as Kamala, made his day, WWF debut in 1984, according to WWE's website. In a career that spanned more than two decades, Harris battled many of wrestling's superstars, including Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, and Andre the Giant, according to the release. Quote, he terrorized opponents and thrilled audiences in Mid-South, World-Class Championship Wrestling, WCW, and WWE until 2006, the WWE said. His character, Kamala, was promoted as a six seven, 350-pound Ugandan giant. A cause for death, a cause of death for Harris was not given. Other wrestlers took the social media Sunday to honor Harris using hashtag RIP Kamala, as I did over on my Twitter page the second I found out. Quote, cool. Another legend who deserved to be in the WWE Hall of Fame and alive when that time came, said former wrestler Elijah Burke, known as De Pope, An all-around great talent and good guy that got over and stood out wherever he went. RIP to the great Ugandan giant Kamala. His memory will live on forever. Former wrestler Scotty Riggs with World Championship Wrestling tweeted that he never met or knew Harris, but he understood his impact. Grateful, the man paved the road for wrestlers with his unique persona that made the fans believe he was one of a kind, Riggs tweeted. Another one. Another one gets to go to the pearly gates of the dopest wrestling venue in the history of our existence. Now, um, I have to say I wasn't a fan of Kamala, per se. Uh I didn't see en- enough of him. Um, unfortunately. So I know that he was, I believe, the first ever opponent for The Undertaker at WrestleMania. I know that. Which which he uh, he began to streak. But, you know, it always does suck where when, you know, um you see Any talent that was a former legend, any person, you know, in the wrestling community pass away. Excuse me. You know, it sucks. And, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. It really does. It, you know, I don't know. I really don't know, but Again, it sucks because I'm, you know, the impact that he did make in the WWE and other promotions will definitely stand the test of time. Uh, I'm sure my buddy Kevin Obarski definitely um, would give me a lot of um, a lot of knowledge on that. You know, more. Of course, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now, but um, yeah, it does suck. I'm sure that the WWE will have a ten bell salute for him tonight, for sure. I wouldn't doubt that one second. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, like I said, I didn't know much of him. I knew that he was uh, a big deal in the '80s. Um, of course, he was one of uh one of the members of the Undertaker streak, as I said before. Um, other than that, I really didn't see much of him. It was I was a, a wee little cub a young cub back in the day. So I didn't get to see much of him. But, um, yeah, I mean, it always sucks that, you know, when a former member of any of the professional wrestling community, period, um, unfortunately leaves us. So, again, I extend my condolences to the Harris family. Uh, May you rest in peace, my good man. And I hope you have many, many more matches in the sky. And I hope you rest well, my lad. And I hope to the family you have your private, you have your time to, uh, in privacy to be able to grieve in this moment and be able to. I'm sure the fans all over the world are extending their love and thoughts towards you, for sure. And much love to you, Kamala, unfortunately passing away at the age of 70. So let us get into the remainder of the news that I have on tap for y'all this week. And we're going to start with some New Japan news. Because every once in a while, you guys talk about some New Japan. And we now know the date for when the G1 Climax is set to begin. We did know um, earlier this year, um, actually earlier last year, late last year, I should say, that there would be a... Fall, G1 Climax for the first time in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, given the fact that we were supposed to have the Tokyo Olympics this year uh, for this summer. Unfortunately, coronavirus be damned, said, um, Nah fam, we good, you can wait until next year to have that happen. Ha ha, Nana na boo boo, go fuck yourself. But, we do know that the G1 Climax is still going to be going down this fall. We just didn't know exactly when. Also, hence why Wrestle Kingdom had their first ever two day extravaganza, which was probably one of the greatest weekends of my life in terms of watching professional wrestling because that shit was fucking awesome. But let's get into it. From mandatory.com, WrestleZone. Mm, excuse me. 30th annual G- NJPW G1 climax set to begin. Set your calendars, folks. September. 19th, it's from Ross Berman, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced the schedule for the 30th annual G1 Climax on Saturday. G1 Climax 30 will take place from September 19th to October 18th at the premiered tournament in New Japan Pro Wrestling. The G1 Climax is a round-robin tournament comprised of NJPW's best, with the winner receiving a title match at Wrestle Kingdom. This year's tournament will be the first to take place outside of August under the G1 Climax name. The NGPW World Cup in 1989 took place in November-December. Otherwise, the tournament has always been held in late spring-summer. So here is the schedule. Now, mind you, this is going to be literally the most insane schedule all members of the three, which for anyone who is not familiar with the G1 Climax Tournament, I am. And I'm happy to uh, teach at this moment. Um, Oh, my. Oh, don't mind me. I actually just got my uh, new smartwatch today. got it for 40 bucks on Amazon. I thought it was pretty sweet. Uh, I love my watch face. I love it. It's nice. I broke my other one over the weekend, unfortunately. The latch um, broke for some ungodly reason. And I got myself a new one. I got it in today. And I've already hooked it up. It's very nice. But it just keeps buzzing a lot. So I'm just getting used to that. But that's neither here nor there. Here's the schedule, though. And I'll explain everything when I'm done. So September 18th and 19th will take place in Osaka. The 23rd and the 24th will take place in Hokkaido. The 27th in Hyogo. September 29th, 29th, and 30th will be in Tokyo. On October 1st, they'll be in Niigata. On October 5th, they're in Tagawa. On the 6th and 7th of October, Hiroshima. On the 8th, they're in Okayama. Back to Osaka on the 10th of October, Aichi in, on the 11th, Shizuoka in the 13th, Kanagawa on the 14th, and the and G1 Climax Finals Weekend, which more than likely I'll be covering, because, well, it's G1 Climax Finals fucking weekend, which will be 16th A Block Final, 17th B Block Final, and the finals will be determined on the 18th of October. Now, let me explain the G1 Climax, if I may. G1 Climax usually is the 20 best heavyweights that New Japan Pro Wrestling picks. Now this time around, it may be a little bit interesting given the fact that most of their roster is a good a portion of their roster is not gonna be in Japan. Most of them a good most of them do live in Japan because they are of Japanese descent, but a good portion of them also are from outside of the Japan. The Gaijin, the outsiders. Um, so names like a Will Osprey, Atamataka, John Moxley, a Jeff Cobb, a Brody King possibly a uh, uh, not exactly uh Jay White a you know those types of names like, like Hangman Page or Kenny well Kenny's not part of New Japan anymore unfortunately uh, but names like that will be part of this tournament now it's going to be a little bit different given the fact that you know most of the roster is going to be comprised of just Japanese wrestlers which is perfectly fine it's New Japan uh, so they pick their 20 best which they, I'm sure they will be uh, giving us within the next couple of weeks, um, so expect names like I would say Okuzochika Okada, a Hiroshi Tanahashi, a Kota Ibushi, a um, let's see who else would probably be in this tournament? Zack Saber Junior, baby, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito will easily be in this tournament for sure. Uh, as far as I know, I Evil is still the undisputed uh, double champion of New Japan for Wrestling right now. And um, <sighs> I'm trying to think who else Who could else be this turn. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head, but those are the first few names I know off the top of my head. Um, Hiroki Goto, hopefully Minoru Suzuki, Yunichi Nagata, Kojima, uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, um, maybe Etoki Makabe, uh, Tomawaki Hanma. Names like that. 20 will be picked from the heavyweight division. Those 20 will be separated into two blocks, 10 each. You have nine matches, which, mind you, you're going through an entire month. Technically, about less than a month, like three, like three and a half weeks. You're going to basically be fighting every other day for the most part. And during that, when you're not in block matches, you'll be in multi-man tag team matches. It is probably one of the most taxing, if not the most taxing tournaments in all professional wrestling, hands fucking down. Two points for a win, one point for a tie, of course, zero for a loss. After your nine matches, whatever your point total is, that will determine if you are win- you win the block. Most points wins the block. Top two, top guy in each of their block will go to the final of the G1 Climax Tournament on October 18th. Winner of that match gets an automatic shot at the uh, champion at the time at Wrestle Kingdom 15 coming January 4th. In order to ensure that you do have that match in your back pocket, you must go through two challenge challenge matches. I believe they call it a battle challenge. If I'm not mistaken. It could be a, a different name for it. Uh, you get, I think you get challenged twice. Most of the time, it will be against guys that you lost to in the tournament during your block sessions, uh, which would make the most sense in the world. If you get past those two matches, you are then solid, you then solidify your spot at Wrestle Kingdom fifteen against the champion at the time. So that's that's pretty much the gist of the tournament. I hope that was a very thorough. Um, as thorough as I could possibly do it, of course. Um, now, if you do have uh, NGPW World, boom, you're pretty much set. If not, sign up for it. I'd say it's one of the dopest things. Uh, now, mind you, 19 events in 30 days. All right, so 19 turn, 19 days of this in a month. And you have nine. Including, and then 10 if you are in the final. So you have 10, possibly 10 matches to go through. To just become the, at that moment, number one contender for the NJ, for the IWDP Heavyweight Championship. And you're probably get a, it's a double title shot. But, um, yeah, I think it's one of the best tournaments out there. I'm a big advocate of it. I try to cover it as much as possible. I try to keep up with it as much as possible. And for, uh, You know, for me personally, unfortunately, I will not be able to keep up with all of it. But I will keep you guys up to it as much as I possibly can in terms of standings points totals and all that shit. Just keep you guys up to date on what's going on with the tournament as best as I possibly can. Um, I'll usually do it every one or two events once I get like to at least two matches. I'll keep you guys up on the point totals. But once we get to G1 Climax Finals weekend, the 16th through the 18th, I will guarantee you I will be covering that tournament on October 19th with the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was G1 Climax Finals weekend. I do it almost every single year. I've done it every year since I've um started this podcast and I will do no different this year I will be covering the g1 climax finals weekend it is my favorite weekend like one of literally my favorite weekends of the year and it's totally fun you guys get to enjoy that ride with me and come October 19th you get the good the bad and the ugly that was g1 climax finals weekend it should be fun and exciting. Very excited, and I hope you guys, you know, do get the NGPW World. Again, it's 8 bucks a month. Even if you just get it for the G1 Climax Tournament, I promise you it is totally effing worth it. Let's get into some viewership ratings, shall we? From F4WOnline.com, the only place I make sure I check ratings, WWE SmackDown viewership up in Overnight Ratings by Paul Fontaine. Do, 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 do. Overnight Ratings for SmackDown on Fox Saw a Slight Rise. And viewership of 3.3% as the show averaged 1.956 million viewers on Friday night. Myself being one of them. For the second week in a row, the audience grew as SmackDown went on. Hour 1 averaged 1.924 million viewers. Then the show rose 3% in the second hour to 1.988 million. There was a drop in the 18-34 demo from last week. However, as the rating fell to a 0.2, down 33.3%. That number did tie several other shows for the top mark on network TV. In the 18-49 demo, SmackDown did the same 0.5 number that it's done the four of the last five weeks. That was good for first place um, on its own among the networks. SmackDown finished last on the network's of total viewers, as it usually does. <laughs> that's a that's a damn just shot. Um just a jab to the freaking eye with an ice pick, if I say so myself. Well, the second hour of the show actually beat the second hour of ABC's 2020, although the latter show averaged 2 million viewers over two hours. Um, So here they have the charts for the last 10 weeks of ratings, um, and it looks like they've averaged a 1.961 million. Uh, with a 2.26 in the 18-34 and a 0. 0.49 in the 18-49. Um, the last time I actually did this, it was pretty much on point uh, on par with that. Um, so I'm not surprised as uh, I usually would be in terms of that. But yeah, I mean, always good to see that SmackDown is getting a little bit better. Um They did have some things going on with the whole Mandy and Sonya deal. That was cool. Um, They extended the um, Strowman-Wyatt deal a little bit with Alexa trying to, I guess, be a little bit more affectionate towards The Fiend. I'm not sure how JoJo feels about that, but eh, that's neither here nor there. Um, What else did they have on there? Of course, Biggie's promo. Um, Shinsuke Cesaro. I mean, they had some good things on there. Um, there's still things to need to worry about, but then again, anything honestly is truly better than raw. It'd be like that sometimes, and that's not a shoe. Sure, is not gonna work either. Let me see how. Ah, yes. Ah, this is very frustrating to me personally because I'm a big fan of this talent, and I wish he would definitely get some run. But let's get into it. From the ringreport.com. this is actually a new website I've actually found, and I like what they brought to the table with this one, so let's talk about it. Mustafa Ali is reportedly, what day is it, the 10th? Yeah, Yeah, it's more recent. Is reportedly the latest Raw superstar that Vince McMahon has given up on. This probably won't come as a surprise, but it's looking like Mustafa Ali has become the latest Raw superstar WWE chairman Vince McMahon has given up on in recent weeks. As is now often the case, Vince McMahon appears to have given up on yet another WWE superstar, Mustafa Ali. He returned to action last month after not being featured on television since January. And while he did pick up a win in a six-man tag team match, he was later squashed by Bobby Lashley. Things got worse for him this week when he lost to Riddick Moss on main event. This is obviously a noteworthy defeat considering the fact Moss hasn't been seen since around the time COVID-19 started, which was fucking March. The reason for that is because his brother has cystic fibrosis and he obviously wanted to be, caref- wanted to be careful not to expose him to the deadly virus. Mosh was being pushed before he headed home and he's beaten Umberto Carido and Titus O'Neil on the rarely seen show in recent weeks. Ali was supposed to was supposedly going to be part of that now-scrapped hacker storyline, though some believe that will end up tying into the debut of that new faction on Raw. Like Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, McMahon clearly doesn't see much potential in Ali moving forward. A real shame considering what a talent he is. And it is a fucking travesty. Another one. Another one. A fucking another one. Really. It's honestly sad. It really is. Because. Just. It shouldn't be like this. Honestly. Sad. Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. Couldn't have said it better myself, DJ Khaled. Couldn't have said it better myself. This is sad. Another one. Ricochet. Cedric Alexander. Who else? Shayna Baszler. Bianca Belair, I'm putting her in the category. Might as well. Um, Mustafa Ali Chad Gable Bobby Roode all these names that come out of NXT looking like big shots come to the main roster where their career goes to die now I understand his brother has cystic fibrosis he doesn't want to bring the disease to him perfectly fine but Jesus uh Again, I have to bring this up in a in a mid card that is in dire need of talent. A name like Mustafa Ali would definitely help the cause. Sir. Now I understand his he would have definitely risen to a big name had he never gotten injured before. Uh, before the whole Kofi Mania thing started, that was Mustafa Ali's storyline to go on. That was his storyline before he got injured. And ever since then, never been the same. Career just gone to shit. And that kid, and and this guy, is so good. That match he had a couple years ago at WrestleMania with Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight Championship was one of the best matches of that year and it's fucking damn. Believe that, personally, I think it was 2018. That was a fire-ass matchup. On the freaking pre-show, mind you. Had they put that as the opening matchup of that WrestleMania, I swear on everything that I love, that easily could have been match of the night. One of, at least, it would have been my top three, personally. Actually, it was, if I'm not mistaken. It deserved to be. And now, again... Mustafa Ali is now led to the wayside, sitting on the sidelines, wondering if he'll ever get a shot at anything. And it's unfortunate because a lot of these guys on the roster deserve a lot better. Rude, Ricochet, Alexander, Ali, Baszler, Belair. I'll even put Liv Morgan in there. Ruby Riot, Peyton Royce, the other kid (laughs) kind of, um, Lacey Evans deserves a lot better than what she's getting. Naomi definitely deserves a lot better than what she's getting. Um, Oh, a shit ton of this route. Chad Gable, big time, deserves a lot more than what he's getting. But he's getting a heel push. I don't care. That man should be competing for the Intercontinental Championship on the fucking regular. That man should have honestly won King of the Ring. Light work. Because that King Corbin gimmick is officially trash. It has been for quite some time. It's unfortunate. Because we know, we know these talents deserve better. And as long as Vince McMahon is in the WWE and still making booking decisions, unfortunately, Mustafa Ali will just be nothing more than a lower mid-card talent being wasted away in WWE. We shall move along. Fans may have figured out the identity of one of WWE's retribution Stable members, this is from WrestlingNews.co written by Paul Davis from this past Saturday. As previously noted, Retribution wreaked havoc at the end of WWE Friday Night Smackdown with members of the group destroying the ringside area. WWE did everything they could to hide their identities by having them covered from head to toe and it was hard to tell who was under the mask even during close-up shots. As if I fucking cared. However, There was one clue that may have revealed at least one person in the stable. Fans watching SmackDown noticed that one of the female members of Retribution briefly had the back of her hair showing when she was beating one of the developmental female wrestlers at ringside. Most fans are speculating that this person is Vanessa Bourne because of the curly hair. Bourne was moved up to the main roster earlier this year and was scheduled to debut at Raw at one point, but those plans were put on hold. Thank God they did. Warren has not appeared on any WWE programming in several months. The consensus among many fans on Twitter seems to be that the other woman is Chelsea Green. She has been seen on TV. She hasn't been seen on TV since late May when she split with Robert Stone. Other names that have been speculated are Ricochet, Bo Dallas, Mustafa Ali, and Cedric Alexander. It is worth noting that the people that were seen on SmackDown may not be the people who are revealed later. There were several people not available for the tapings, and they needed some bodies for the angle. In recent days, Dominic Dijakovic and Tommaso Ciampa's names have come up as possible leaders of the group. Both men have recently deleted their Twitter history. Dijakovic was reportedly due for a move to the main roster several weeks ago. SmackDown was interesting in many ways. This week's show was short on available talent and with a lot of rewrites. And one segment was taped in front of a green screen, piped in with crowd noise. Yadi, yadi, yada. do 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 There's just tweets, and I really don't care. Yeah, so... My first thought was, I figured out the two ladies off it. Now, again, they did say that these may be just placeholders for the time being, until we get the actual members of Retribution on here. Personally, I don't give a fuck about Retribution. Retribution can kiss my ass. I don't care. Never have. Um... It's a stable that literally reminds me of some shit, and it's absolutely fucking retarded. <coughs> and I don't care what you think about that. Honestly, don't. I understand Vince McMahon likes to go with, you know, the actual, what's going on with the Times and all this shit. I think it's dumb. I think Retribution can suck it. I think that, sure, okay, new stable. And we're gonna throw Molotov cocktails and all this shit, destroy the building, yada yada. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hit. I, I don't feel the vibe. Not feeling the vibe. Just don't care. Um, now, I'm for certain that more than likely it isn't uh, Bourne or Chelsea Green that will be part of this group. Um, they're probably just placeholders, but I know that booty anywhere. I know that Chelsea Green butt. I am just a man. I am merely just a man, Matt Cardona. How dare you? Um, now, Vanessa Bourne, of course, also, uh, I recognize by the curly hair immediately. Um, so, oh, God damn, Bryce Harper just got rocked in the hand. My goodness. Who was that goon on the mound? Good thing he had that, good thing he had that joint on. Good? i to make sure he's good. I'm a Phillies fan now. All right, he good. That's why, that's why you have the hand brace there, kid. Whoever that man, motherfucker on the mound is be getting a no fucking warning for getting smacked inside the mouth. It's Braves, it's Braves Phillies to survive. Um, fuck the Braves. <laughs> Go Phillies. Um, and fuck the Astros too while we're at it. But it doesn't surprise me. Um that they're just gonna these are more than likely gonna just be placeholders. Uh, a lot of people were speculating, Carmella. Um, other names that come out. Honestly, again, I don't give a shit about retribution. I really don't. Uh, it, it, it's a nice. Look. It's a nice. It's cute. It's cute. They're trying something different. WWE, they're trying to put new stars. That's a good thing. Yeah, that, that's that's all well and good, but if you aren't bringing most shit to the table, then just. Trying to push young stars and shit—it means nothing to me. Retribution absolutely means jack nor shit to me. Done. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care because a, it's on Raw and I don't watch Raw. B, it's whatever. Ooh, they use a chainsaw. They scared off people. They use spray paint. Got a better idea. How about you build up your mid card? Build up your women's division. Build up your tag team divisions. Worry about that instead of worrying about making a new stable and raw underground and all this shit. Just saying. I expect my check in the mail. Fucking pricks. Let's see. I don't want to go too crazy. Uh, Ooh! I'll go with this one, though. I got two more before we head to the break. do 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 from WrestlingInc.com, NJ, and goddamn commercial, I hate ads, I hate ads when they pop up, I really don't care about your straight talk shit, um, NJPW star Will Ospreay update, this is from Kelly hall this is from this past Saturday, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer gave an update on Will Ospreay's return to NJPW. Well, Meltzer was asked on Twitter if he had any updates on Will Ospreay, which he said hopefully Osprey will return at G1 Climax 30 in September. His full answer was the following, and I quote, he's hanging in. Not certain in the current climate in Japan is worrisome. The hope is G1, end quote. Due to COVID-19, Will Ospreay hasn't wrestled since mid-March. Last month, Meltzer reported that Osprey was dealing with depression. During the recent Speaking Out movement, a 2017 incident came to light. Will was accused of blackballing UK wrestler Polly Anna after she spoke out about the abuse she had allegedly suffered at the hands of one of his friends, Scott Wainwright. He would later issue a statement to Twitter. As noted earlier today, or this past Saturday, G1 Climax 30 participants and blocks should be revealed in the coming weeks. There will be 19 shows, which the first one is... September 18th in Osaka. (sighs) Now I do not know. um, I actually did not know he was dealing with depression Um, as a person who had a little mental health scare about a a couple months ago. um, Episode, I think two Oh one. Yeah. Two Oh one of the podcast. Um, I talked about my situation um, with my mental health. Um, on that, I say honestly, for any person who is going through some mental health shit right now, I would say my oh, op- I, I literally went an hour with this. Um, yeah, I honestly went about an hour, went over almost close to an hour talking about my situation of what happened the entire that day, what what happened, what happened over the first seven weeks of the pandemic bullshit. And how my mental was just fried beyond repair. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a, one of those. I would say honestly, for any person who's going through some mental health shit right now, I would suggest you go through this episode and the, episode two hundred one of the podcast. I will never forget it. Um, and um, yeah. I would definitely say go through that because I definitely went definitely went through my episode. I actually took two days off from work um, to ensure that I was back to uh, mentally 100 percent before anything. Um, yeah, so I'm not saying I'm dealing with I don't deal with depression or anything. It was just at that very moment I was at my breaking point with everything, and it would have been bad for a lot of people, including myself, um, every member of the WrestleLite Radio family, and especially um, King Ricky Rose, our general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio, because that is his reputation is put on the line when you bring, especially someone new like myself, as I am still the rookie of the group, um, into the fold. And had I done anything that was a big fat no-no, um, that would definitely would have um, been a, a big blemish to uh, Ricky's reputation big time. He knows that. We've talked about that. I've spoken about that many times since the episode. Um, so he knows that. I know that. That's my boy. And, you know, that's my guy. And he helped me through that. He is. He, he helped me big time. And you know so. Um, I'm grateful to him for that moment. I am forever in his debt with that. And I got a lot of shows to do to bring that back. But um, seriously, without Ricky, without that phone call I had with Ricky for 45 minutes, I don't think that, I don't think I would literally be sitting here right now recording this podcast. I would probably be in prison because I beat the fuck out of someone. So dealing with some shit like that um, definitely can put you into a tailspin. Hopefully, um, Osprey's mental is good, is better than it was since March, especially with everything that went down um, with the Speaking Out movement last month, uh, that definitely can throw someone to a tailspin big time. Even, you know. So, uh, hopefully his mental's right, everything is well, and hopefully you know he's able to join us for the G1 Climax in September. If not, hopefully he will take care of himself the best that he possibly can. But I'm going to stop it right here. I'm going to stop it right here. I have a few more articles to go. I can't speak English today. A few more articles to go for today's episode, uh, episode 239 of the YLB Podcast. When we come back, I have news on Seth Rollins saying today's fans lack patience for a slow burn, and I get to rag on him if he actually says some stupid shit. I have FTR news comments on AEW having six-man tag team titles in the future. Uh, I have news on Eric Young. I don't need to work. I've been very smart. I've been a very smart person with my money. I also have news. On Joey Janela leaving social media after fan criticisms. I have news on Bruce Pritchard talking about the idea of WWE bringing back the nation of domination. And in our ending... Ending article. I have great news. uh, I'm not saying this is going to be a thing. I don't know if this will lead to anything. But I have news on Tyson Kidd. There was an in-ring training video that came out over the weekend... And and now it's feeling speculation that he might be coming out of retirement. I have the article. We'll end that show with that today. I was excited about this, and we'll talk about that on part two of News of the Weekend for episode 239 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Vance Chapel from The Delight Show. And you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. And we are back. So 239 of the YLP Podcast. Going over the news of the weekend. And I actually saw a tweet from... Jason King at Jason King BR that may have explained a little bit of what's going on and what may have happened to Kamala uh, James Harris in the last moment of his existence on this earth quote spoke with Kamala's wife um, he tested po- now this is from uh, yesterday yeah, uh, last night actually spoke with Kamala's wife he tested positive Wednesday for COVID which he likely contracted from one of his numerous weekly visits to the dialysis center. Was hospitalized Wednesday night and seemed fine and in good spirits this morning. Went into cardiac arrest and passed this afternoon. So, I did see this earlier today and the possibility of the. Uh, and I did see that. And so I I wasn't sure, I thought it was just a rumor, but it seems as if maybe James Harris did uh, contract the coronavirus, and unfortunately passed away from that, and that does suck. If that is the case, then hot damn, it's unfortunate that um, Mr. Harris, unfortunately, has passed away, possibly from uh, COVID-19. Um, yeah, um, but, uh, let's get away from that, and we shall continue on with the remainder of the news that I have for this week, and where do we start, because I got a lot of shit, let's start off light and go crazy, let's go from there, from ProWrestlingNewsHub.com, Janela says he is leaving social media after fan criticisms. From Sanjay Thakur. is from this past Friday. Thanks out of this. That No tanky. One of all elite wrestling's fastest rising and brightest stars, the bad boy Joey Janela, recently took to Twitter and made a shocking announcement that he is leaving social media after constantly receiving criticism from fans online. Janela even revealed that he considered retiring at one point due to the criticism, but he decided to retract that decision. Janela also mentioned that he never botched in his match on AEW Dark or his career. This is the quote that he had. Quote, Hey, I've decided to give up on social media. I've decided to give up social media. I never botched in my career, and I didn't on AEW Dark. At one point, these horrible humans on social media had me at the point of retirement, but I've retracted that decision. I'll be handing my passwords to a management team. Thanks, JJ. <sighs> yeah. Y'all motherfuckers on Twitter is ruthless. Now, I know that, um, me personally, you know, every, every, you know, now and again, I, you know, I talk shit on Twitter. I does. I'll admit it. Y'all know I do. If You follow me on Twitter. Y'all know I talk shit, but I usually back it up with some proper logic. I'm not going to shit talk just because, well, sometimes depending on what day it is and what situation you catch me in. But for the most part, if I'm going to talk my shit, I'm going to try to back it up as much as possible with facts, logic, reason, and natural, rational thought. But the majority of you motherfuckers, and I don't mean you, the listener, because hey, you listen to this uh, podcast because you have some sense of, you know, rational thought. Um, you know, you use your brain uh, for most things. We have common sense here, which is quite a beautiful thing. Uh, but and, and you know, for the majority of motherfuckers that are on Twitter, all they literally do is talk shit and try to do their best uh, to talk shit. And then when they get shit on, the, you get reported, and then you get banned from Twitter for God knows how long. Trust me, when I tell you, I've actually been banned only once on Twitter, and it was actually a 12-hour ban uh, for some shit I said that I'm not going to repeat on here because I'm not trying to piss off nobody today. I'm in actually in a decent mood. But... I think Mike Tyson said it best. And I'm going to try to paraphrase it as much as possible. A lot of people wouldn't say anything. If social media wasn't there, a lot of people wouldn't say anything because they know they would get their ass beat. I'm paraphrasing the fuck out of it. But for the most part, a lot of people, if social media was never a thing, right? If social media was never a thing, I guarantee you that a lot of people would not be trying to talk the way they talk because they know they'd get that ass beat. A lot of y'all on Twitter, and like I said, I don't mean you, the listener, or anybody that represents that as a fan of WrestleAdded Radio, because again, we like to use facts, logic, reason, and rational thought. And we like to bring a blend of thought into discussions, which is why we have awesome, uh, the most awesome team, I think, in the business of podcasting, period. But that's just me being biased. But I'm sure you've seen a majority of people on Twitter acting a damn fool on there and talking a lot of shit that normally they would not talk. And I'm sh- and they, they, they just go all out and they say as much as they possibly can because they know for a fact that if um, you clap back at them and you give them all the smoke in the fucking world that um yeah, it would pretty much end up you being reported block banned, channel banned, all this bullshit so shit most most so most people are willing to, are actually getting away with it for the simple fact that um. You know, they have the Twitter machine behind them, and then when they get their fee hurt, and then get all butt hurt, and then they you know, they're paying these in a fucking bunch. Um, they'll just, they can just report you, block you, all this shit. Best thing to do is a mute button. Best thing in the world, honestly. Mute and block buttons are great. Fan-fucking-tastic. Um, but, yeah. I'm certain a lot of people would shut the fuck up honestly if people actually came like like uh, what was it was i forget what the ending of the movie was but i think it was cameron diaz and was it cameron diaz and ben affleck not ben affleck um ben stiller i forget which movie it was i i know there was i think cameron diaz was there i'm not exactly sure but it was the end of a movie and they had like, this whole list of people that like were talking shit oh no jane salad bops right back that's what the fuck it was um and Jansal and Bob had a a like a thick list of every single person that talked shit about the movie, uh, which was Matt Damon and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I knew Ben Affleck was in there somewhere. Um, and they went to and they went to people's houses, and pretty much you know they were reading out the uh, comments of the movie, and then they proceeded to beat that ass. Trust me when I tell you, a lot of people would shut the fuck up. If people, who's, if they were able to, now I'm not saying don't do this, because that's, that's kind of um, doxing or stalking, but if we were able to actually pull up on people's houses and just literally beat the fuck out of them, guarantee they would think twice about ever using those Twitter fingers ever again for fear that that may happen again. That happens, and I'm saying wrestling Twitter in general is literally the most toxic space in all of Twitter, period. Now, I am a fair-weather person, for the most part, when it comes to professional wrestling. I criticize the form when it sucks. I praise it when they do well. Kind of the same way I do with my sports, 95% of the time. I criticize when they suck. I praise when they do well. Same thing with my dog. I criticize my dog when she does bad. I praise her when she does well. And she knows that. But... Wrestling Twitter gives no fucks. You could you could literally have a shitty hair day and they gonna talk about that. Real shit. That's real shit. And it's not gonna stop. Twitter's not gonna do anything about it. And it sucks because there's a lot of people that are on Twitter that I do follow outside of wrestling Twitter that are great follows. Um that I learned a lot from on a daily basis. And I try to you know, maintain ideas. And it's really cool that, you know, there are spaces on Twitter that we can learn things from. But then there's the dumb fucks that just like to have a ball with that shit. And, uh, and hella sarcasm on that one. But it does suck that, you know... It's just, I mean, y'all need to chill. Y'all really need to chill because... I, don't, it's, I mean, it's gonna. It we'll get to a point where someone's going to get into your DMs, ask what your address is, pull up to your spot, and beat the living shit out of you because you deserved it. Once it gets to that point, I think a lot of people will probably chill on the fact that um, maybe running that Twitter mouth might get you in a lot more trouble than you think. Because I guarantee you, those same people that talk shit on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that shit wouldn't even dare do that to a, the same person on the street if you're catching a backhand. Make backhands great again. How about that? Real shit. Y'all need to chill. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Moving along. Bruce Pritchard talks the idea of WWE bringing back the nation of domination. This is from Jason Unpresouth from this past Saturday. On a recent episode of Something to Wrestle, Bruce Pritchard took questions from fans in an Ask Bruce Anything episode. One question was in regards to where Pritchard sees the future of the business and when he thinks fans will return to live shows. I sure hope so, Pritchard expressed. I think that everything gets better once we get back to some normalcy and time will only tell on that. So yeah, who the hell knows? I don't think anyone has that answer. Pritchard, executive director of SmackDown and Raw, and that makes me want to vomit every time I read that line. And it was reported about a month ago that WWE had plans for a revamped Nation of Domination. Those plans were reportedly scrapped. But Pritchard gave his thoughts on whether the Nation of Domination could exist today. Quote, I don't know if something like that could exist now. I mean, you never know, but it was a unique way to put Ron Simmons in a prominent spot and be able to protect Ron in the ring because Ron was injured at the time, and we wanted to protect him and keep him healthy as long as we possibly could, and I think it was a strong group. Don't know if you could do that, do that today. I do know you probably couldn't do, it, couldn't do that today. You're not the same form, but I thought it was a pretty damn cool group, you know. I thought it was a great avenue for Ron Simmons and The Rock. It was boosted up the career of The Rock in immense ways. Also, WWE introduced a new design for the United States Championship last month. Pritchard had his quick thoughts on the redesign of the belt. Quote, subjective. I thought it would make it pop. And if I was doing it, I probably would have done that. But I like it. I like the three-dimensional aspect of it. When asked how the creative teams have changed from each era, Pritchard talked about how the world evolves and changes and the audience changes with it. He explained how WWE had to adapt to each era in accordance with the audience. Quote, It's the world. You know, the world changes. Tastes change and what the audience is looking for changes over time. And you adapt. And you try to adapt to your audience and change. Change is good. If you look at any programming, it's all for the audience more than anything else. And I think during the time when you go back and you look at the change from the WWF, the new generation, to the Attitude Era... That was during the time that a lot pe- people had a lot more attitude. Our society had a more attitude. So, when looking at that, that helped change the product. And look at Ruthless Aggression. That was a shoot. That was during a time of, you know, who wants to step up and take it. And over time, shit changes. So, you got to change its times. Another question Pritchard was asked in reg- was in regards to what match he thinks is overrated. Pritchard said that some of the King of the Ring matches didn't live up to the hype and names Roddy Piper versus Jerry Lawler as a match that didn't live up to the hype. Quote, well, I go back to the pay-per-view concept of King of the Ring, and I've always been, kind of been a fan of tournaments and things like that, but I think that some of those didn't really like up to, really, who the fuck wrote this article? Jesus Christ, Jason, talk to your editor, bro. Didn't really live up to the hype as far as matchups, and that match field just, that just never kind of really lived up to the hype. I'll give you one that's stuff to join out. God bless his soul. Roddy Piper and Jerry Lawler. Because they're both so great on the mic, I thought that they would old-school tear it down in an old-school way, and instead, it was just kind of old. And of course, like, like I always say with the articles like this, if you use any quotes from this article, please credit Something to wrestle with an slash T to wrestling ink with the transcription. That just gets me out of trouble with most things. Um, I only want to focus, though, on the what Richard was talking about with the Nation of Domination. There is no goddamn way that you could do a nation of domination today. You couldn't. I know you couldn't. As much as I... Per- <laughs> Water got caught up. Yeah, I are going to keep that. As much as I would love to see a new dam- nation of domination, personally... You couldn't do it now. You couldn't do it now. You can try. As much as I would love to see it. because personally i wouldn't even know who you would want to put in the nation of domination today honestly i don't know who you would put i have ideas but it would they would all have to fit it's just i mean i would like i said i would love to see it i just don't know who you would have in the group and who would actually be that mouthpiece who would be the one to you know be the next level guy all this stuff. Um I mean MVP could have been that guy. You could have Lashley in there, maybe Apollo Crews, maybe Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, I don't know. There's a lot in there. You could have had, you know, the Street Profits at one point. Uh Bianca Belair as, as a lady in there if you want to add some add some, you know, lady in there. You could have really done a number on that. But now, with the way with the way they did the Nation of Domination then and they did it now, I don't think it would work. I just don't. And as a person who's a – I'm a huge fan. I was a big fan of the Nation of Domination, all parts of it. I would have loved it. Uh, now, I don't see it happening. I wish it would. I wish they could really bring that back with Ron Simmons there kind of leading the charge, you know, revamping it and just having, you know – him you know becoming bringing that new era but in, in the way it is now I, I'm not sure if people would gravitate towards it I would only if the only if there were the right amount of people in there that's just me though as much as I would love to see it I don't think it would go I don't think it would actually go over well excuse me if they tried it if they actually tried it now from wrestlingnews.co, dot Eric Young, quote, I don't need to work. I've been very smart. I've been a very smart person with my money. Some Chris Sigia. Sigia, Sigia. I am butchering your last name. My apologies, bro. Former WWE star Eric Young was interviewed on the two man power trip of wrestling podcast. Young was on to talk about his career, his feuds with names like Bobby Roode and Kurt Angle. How his character has changed over the years, his versatility, his future in the wrestling business, and much more. Here are some highlights. Eric Young stated he is glad to be back with Impact Wrestling. Quote, the people that were there before us should be so proud. And I thank them for that kind of effort in doing things that are hard and putting Impact in a position to hire people like me, Gallows, and Anderson. I'm not going to speak for those guys. I can only speak for myself, but I don't need to work. I've been very smart. I've been a very smart person with my money. I live very humbly. I don't need to be an impact. I choose to be here. That's where I want to be. That's a powerful thing. As he talked about many, playing many different characters in his career, he says, I think it starts with my love of wrestling. I think it stems from the variety. I don't just like, don't like just one kind of wrestler. I like all different kinds. As far as versatility, I like a challenge. Who doesn't like to prove somebody wrong? I can remember a conversation I had with Mick Foley in TNA Wrestling when I turned heel for the first time. He said he saw that I turned heel, but he didn't believe I could do it. He said in the back of his mind, people were not going to buy it. He felt they would think I am such a good guy and such a strong baby face and likable character. Then he watched it and watched me wrestle Bobby Roode and he said I became a different person. That was fun. That's what draws me to wrestling. Being a different character and being different versions of myself and people wondered if I didn't like doing the comedy stuff my apologies All right, continuing on to be honest I had never done comedy anywhere in pro wrestling until TNA I was just a wrestler who worked and had good matches and that's who I was they came to me with this opportunity Dutch Mantel came up with this wild character I took it and ran with it I got my own TV show out of it I met Oprah, I hung out with Morgan Freeman all this cool stuff that happened because, because of being a comedy act on TNA Wrestling I believe in the long term as well that I think it did for me was I didn't wrestle a whole lot at that point, which was good and bad. I miss wrestling, but the truth is I'm 40 now, but I had 10 years off. I have a huge gas tank still left, which is very cool. It's something I pride myself on, my versatility. I would put myself up there with one of, if not the most versatile wrestlers. And if I plan to use any portions of the article, please credit to Manpower Triple Wrestling Podcast. With an H slash T to WrestlingNews.co for the transcription, looking for elite reasons that just in case if I get fucked with, I already gave them credit for it's a ha-ha. I'm cool with it. I mean, hey, he, do- he definitely doesn't have to wrestle. He definitely said, I don't have to wrestle for shit. I don't. I got money. I'm Gucci. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. You know, and I'm cool with it. I, I'm a big fan of Eric Young's. I really am. I, I've i been, you know, when he was in Team Canada, when he was in Sanity, when he was on his own as a psychopath, as a singles competitor, um, all that shit. I was cool with it. I still am. I like me some Eric Young. And now that he's on Impact, doing well for himself, hey, I can't be mad at that. I really can't. So... Kudos to him, man. Kudos to him for doing it. He said, "Hey, I'm I'm doing this because I want to, not because I have to. I got money, money in the bank. I'm living good. I live very humbly, which is why I try to do in my in my times. Um, so ain't nothing wrong with that. I feel I feel you. I figured out you, my brother. So when you got that, when you got the money straight, and you can just go off and you know do what you're doing, you know." Hey, do you fimpin'? He has what I like to call fuck you money. You know what I'm saying? He basically can do and say whatever the hell he wants. And chill out. He can retire right now. He can't. That's fuck you money. Literally, do and say whatever the fuck he wants. And not give a shit about what anyone thinks. He's now wrestling because he loves to do it. And, kudos, and again, kudos to Eric Gunn for doing what you want to do. Keep doing you pimping. I see you trying to get that uh, that Impact World Championship off Eddie Edwards. Go for it, bro. Go for it. Hope you have fun with it, too, while you're at it, my man. From eWrestlingNews.com, FTR comment on AEW having six-man tag team titles in the future. From Brandon Ewing from this past Saturday. Fightful Select is reporting they recently spoke with FTR and asked about the tag team, and asked the tag team, my apologies, about about the possibility of a six-man tag team titles in AEW. FTR said they don't want those titles right now as they consider it trying to run before they can walk. However, they said they wouldn't mind having the titles once the standard tag team division is properly established. As for who they team with, they mentioned Chris Jericho and MJF. They believe MJF Matches them from a mental and philosophical standpoint, and they get along backstage. Yeah, and apparently that's the article. I was hoping for more. I got gypped. I'm kind of mad. I would give a reaction, but I'm doing a recording right now. But, okay, that was a. Usually I would get a longer article than that from E Wrestling News. But hey, bees with it, bees. But they're right, though. So let's do a quick hit on this. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. Six-man, as much as I love six-man tag team championships, they are right in saying that they're, it would be doing too much, if I'm, tra- if I'm translating from their language to mine. It's doing too much. They have the tag team division, all right? And as much as I do like the tag team division, I still think they have to really establish themselves. A lot of people would probably say right now, but they're already established. Look at the depth they have in the division. And, yes, I will say, hands down, they have the best tag team division in all professional wrestling, without fucking question. But you still have to establish your division. Just because you have the depth does not mean you can't. You, have, you don't have – like it's like a football team. If you, you have the depth, but if they can't play well, the team's going to suck. feel me? Kind of the same thing with uh, AEW's tag team division. You have the depth, but you still have to establish hierarchy in the division. Top tier, mid tier, low tier. Same way I do it. You know, we're still figuring that out. And especially with everything that's going on with Dark Order and Kenny Omega and man Page and The Best Friends and Santana Ortiz and Junk Bucks and TR and all this shit. You know what I mean? um, You got to figure it out. You have to figure it out. Hopefully one day we do get, you know, trios titles, but I think right now um, they're good with the way they are with their belts. You know, keep it the way they are right now. The TNT Championship just got implemented. It would make no absolute no fucking sense to um, no reason to actually, you know, have trios titles right now. Hold off on that. Build your tag team division. And we'll figure that out. Seth Rollins says today's fans lack patience for slow burn storytelling. Oh, this ought to be fucking good. From WrestlingInc.com, written by Sai Mohan. This is from yesterday. While discussing his Monday Night Messiah persona on the Gorilla Physician podcast... Seth Rollins noted that little planning has gone into the molding of the character, which has evolved on a weekly basis. Although I have been careful to craft the character, nothing has been perfectly planned out for months in advance, Rollins revealed. There has been no timetable for how, on how things are going to go. Rollins then explained why slow burn storytelling, ugh, slow burn storytelling, English is, hard, English is hard today, always usually on Mondays, is a lost art today. Not just in wrestling, but across all platforms. All entertainment platforms. In the age of instant gratification, audiences don't have the patience for long-term storytelling. Rollins said, When you can binge watch your favorite series in two days as opposed to two months, it creates a different precedent for how we intake our entertainment. It's not wrong there. The 34-year-old Rollins felt today's wrestling audience might prefer watching only highlights on YouTube as opposed to sitting through an entire match. We are consuming our entertainment differently. Wrestling is not immune to this shift stated while adding that younger audiences are wired differently and might not appreciate what wrestling from earlier from the earlier decades. We have to adapt as well to keep up with our audience. I'm in my 30s, so I grew up to the longer form of entertainment, but our younger audience isn't wired that way. In the same interview, Rollins also gave props to Dominic Mysterio, his opponent at Summer's... What? Uh, uh shh sh- sh- has been pointed on SummerSlam on August twenty. Ugh. Oh, God, that's going to be boring. It is easy to see someone with a famous last name and scoff at it. Right now, he's only training and not wrestling matches, and yet he's knocking it out of the park every step of the way. This is a lot about his work ethic and natural instincts for our industry. I am looking forward to seeing what the finished product would be like. For the first time in a long time, I actually have to agree with Seth Rollins. As a millennial, okay, as a, as und millennial, Uh, dare I say it, you know, I live in a, my generation, I honestly have to say it sucks. (laughs) Seriously. I could not honestly believe for one fucking second It's just, I, I mean, we want everything right now. I need it now. Give me it now. I need it now. Now, now, now. Boom, um, papa, meow, meow. Meow, meow. And I get it. I get it. You know, when you, you know, you can binge watch a whole fucking shit in two days, which is absolutely insane to me. Mind you, I rarely watch TV, all right? Millennials watch TV like it's going out of fucking style. I don't watch TV. Okay, I lie. I Okay, in terms of me watching TV, all I literally watch is sports and professional wrestling. Nine times out of ten. I rarely see movies. I rarely watch TV shows. I think the last actual TV show I watched... On my person, not like when I'm on vacation or anything, the last episode I actually, the show I actually watched was The Magicians. And if y'all don't know what that show is, that that show is fucking dope. Um, great show on sci-fi, But that was like the, one of the last shows I had actually watched on television on my own accord that I was interested in, that I wanted to see. The last movie I wanted to see on my own accord was actually The Gentleman back in January on my birthday. Um, but yeah, rarely do I watch actual television cable programming, besides uh, sports and professional wrestling. And um, I don't go see movies. So, I can see where Seth Rollins is coming from with this, but I think over, in, in this I want it now culture, as a pure, as a like an old school type of wrestling fan, I prefer that long-term development. And I think over time, you know, if a story is properly being told, the payoff is always that much greater. Unfortunately, with this me, me, I didn't want it now, I need it now, give it to me now, society, they kind of, you know, don't want that. And they want the payoff now. They want it to be done. And PSA... To all you dumb fuck millennials out there, not not you, the listener, you uh, you're, you actually use facts, logic, reason, facts, logic, reason, and rational thought in your daily uh, lives, and also common sense. Y'all need to slow the fuck down and shut the fuck up and wait for your time to shine, bitch. I said it. Slow the fuck down. You can't have everything right now. That's like literally going out of college and getting that 70000 thousand dollar job right now. You ain't getting that job right now. You're going to get that 30000 40000 a year entry-level job right now. And that's if the job market is open for that. For whatever the fuck major you got. And you better hope it was a good one, too. Otherwise, you're going to be working at Starbucks making me a venti latte. Y'all said it. And I don't even go to Starbucks like that. Real shit. That's real shit being real shit. Slow the fuck down. Put in the fucking work. Bide your time. And when it's your time to strike, do it. Slow it down. Put in the work. The payoff will be much greater over time. But since you want that job now, you want that girl now, you want that dude now, you want that cookie. Actually, I want a cookie right now. But that's neither here nor there. I got ground turkey for dinner. I'm good. You want it now. I actually fuck with Rollins on this. I get what he's saying with that. We don't agree on a lot of stuff. But I agree with this. Slow it down, people. Put the work in. Put in the effort. Put in the time. And I guarantee you, when if everything works out the way you want it to, you'll get that big you'll get that big time job. You'll get that big time promotion. You'll get you'll get to that career that you always wanted. You start that YouTube channel, you start this that podcast. All right. Put in the work. It took me two years to it took me close to two years to become a member of Wrestle Addict Radio. I was just doing my thing. I just did it for the love of it. And now I'm a part of one of if I, Of course, be being biased, one of the best podcast groups I personally would say I could ever be a part of. Hands down. Ricky and Will saw something in me. They liked what I brought to the table. I put uh, over a year in to get to where I am now. And my payoff was that I am now a member of WrestleLagic Radio. That's my payoff. I did it because I love to do it. I don't get paid for this. I do it because I love it. I do it because I love to talk to you guys three times a week. I don't just do it for my health. Well, it helps. It helps get the aggression out. But seriously, for all y'all out there that ain't, that are a little bit stupid, and this is to all millennials and Gen Zers, put in the work, bide your time. And when the opportunity strikes, strike hard. Make the best out of that opportunity. Because if you don't, you might miss out on something big. Thank you for attending my TED Talk Part 2. And to end today's episode of News of the Weekend for episode 239 of the YLB Podcast, and I believe it is 8 o'clock, which means some of y'all are going to be watching Raw this evening. And to um, anyone who's not, who's going to be listening to this after, um, I hope Raw didn't give you um that feeling of you wanted to vomit and if it did well um my condolences to your sanity as always but i got good news to end today's episode and i actually saw this over the weekend and i was very surprised and i'm very happy from wrestlingnews.com, in ring training video fuels speculation that a former wwe star is coming out of retirement from paul davis A video of a former WWE superstar that was posted online this week as fans wondering if we are about to see another return to the ring. Daniel Bryan and Edge were able to return after getting cleared by doctors, and now there is speculation that Tyson Kidd may be the next person to return to action. A video posted by Natalia shows her husband training in a ring and looking in the best shape of his life. At this point, no one is saying that he is planning a comeback and it's all speculation at this point, but the fact that he's rolling around in the ring and moving around so good is giving fans some giving some fans hope that he may have at least one more match in him. Kid has not wrestled since suffering a career-ending injury in 2015. That injury happened during a dark match prior to Raw when he took the muscle bolster from Samoa Joe. His injury required him to get 16 staples, four screws, and a rod inserted into his neck, and there was real fear that he could end up a quadriplegic. Since 2017, Kidd has been working full-time as a producer. Now, I have seen the video of Tyson Kidd rolling around, and it makes me happy because as I close my laptop and place my cell phone on top of it as I am charging it, I'm quite happy that I'm seeing Tyson Kidd in the ring again. Even if it's just, you know, rolling getting some work in, getting some reps. You know what I mean? Doing some things with his uh, with his boot thing, she's like a boot bang stand by her side by this boot thing. And Natalia, his wife. It's really nice to see him in the ring, even if he's just getting some just getting some work in, even if it's nothing. You know, it's really nice to see him finally, you know, back in the ring and actually, you know, doing some things. Does it do I think it will lead to a return? I don't know. Would I like to see it? Absolutely. Would I like to see him get some revenge of Samoa Joe? Not really. It's five years too late. And of course, a lot of people were giving him a lot. We're giving Joe a lot of shit. It's really cool to see Tyson Kidd back in the ring. I mean, I can't, I can't be mad. I can't be mad at it. I would, love, would I love to see him back in the ring? Of course. You know, it would be great to see him back in there. Daniel Bryan came back with after a neck injury. Edge came back after a neck injury. Um, if I saw him come back, I would be very excited. I really would. A comeback would be dope. <clears throat> because Tyson, Ken, and Cesaro were one of my favorite tag teams back in the day. They were a solid tag team. And I love that tag team. I miss that tag team. But if it's nothing, it's nothing. If it's something, then it becomes great. It becomes a great comeback story. But honestly, time will tell. Time will tell. Maybe somewhere down the line, we get to see the Tyson kid come back and he gets to get at least one match in in the future. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude... Episode 239 of the YLP Podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 240 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 239 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are And the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, opinions, just wanna shoot the shit, or if you wanna, you know, let me know about an article I may have missed, or any I wanna talk about any of the articles that we have discussed on today's episode. Sound off and let your voice be heard. Hit your boy up with a voice message on anchor.fm slash young lions perspective or anchor.fm slash wrestle attic radio. If you're on the WrestleMania Radio side, of course, make sure to put LP in the title. And if I like what you're bring to the table, like what you have to say. I like no problem featuring a future episode of the YLP Podcast. Of course, you can also check this episode of the podcast over on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com. Leave a comment over there. And uh, there's also a donating link Donate to the podcast as well. It's a beautiful thing. If you do so choose, always accept it. Never expect it. But if you do, thank you so very much for your Patreon channel. That good stuff. Of um, Of course. If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLB Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media. The Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters. Send it on Gab, Parlor. Use your Facebook Messenger. Slide into your friends' DMs. Hit them with this join real quick. With the quickness, of course... Text message if you must. Sharing through text message is always a beautiful thing. Can't be mad at that whatsoever. Um, you know, if you like what I'm bringing to the table, and you think a friend of yours may enjoy it just as much as I, you do. Hey, never heard of sending text messages. Hey, I heard about this YLP podcast. Guy sounds pretty damn good. You know, you might like the aggressiveness, the loud, the brash, the abrasive, all that good stuff. Hey, whatever gets the word out there, share it across all your social media because in these. Unprecedented times in these times that we have going on in this country with everything that's been going on. We here at WrestleAdded Radio want to be the solace, want to be, want to be the grandma hug that you come home to at the end of a hard, long days working and you get to listen to it in your earbuds on the way home. Because with the Kings Podcast, why are we podcast, the Game Shooter Podcast and the Light Show with Man's Chapel, we are not only the cure. Common Wrestling Podcast, we are then, now, and forever, then, alternative the Professional Wrestling Podcast, now we are here to stay, now I know most of y'all do not listen to this you know, podcast on the Anchor app, and that doesn't hurt my feelings at all, as always, I always thank you for enjoying the podcast, and so whatever streaming platforms you may have, because everyone nowadays has a million, there's a million streaming platforms out there, and Everyone has their favorite ones that they use for their uh, podcasting needs. But if you think for one dang second that ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and Anchor.fm are the only two places you can check out this podcast and all the other shows of Wrestle Addict Radio, my friend, you are sadly mistaken. You can find this podcast and, of course, the Kings and Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and the The Light Show with Max Chappelle across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, CastBox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and the The Light Show with Bell across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding them whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. You can follow me over on my social media. Yes, I do social media. It does the things. You can follow me over, though, on the Twitter land, the Twitter sphere, over at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E, S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital A, capital R. -R. I do live tuning for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. Smackdown Live every Friday night, unless I have a prior obligation to attend to then in which case I will be telling you on my Twitter that I will not be live tweeting that evening. Every WWE live pay-per-view, and I will be live tweeting for SummerSlam on August 23rd. Every AEW live pay-per-view, and of course the next big one is all out on September 5th, and I will be live tweeting on that app. Y'all already knew that. That's, that's just a fucking um, And Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, I will be covering uh, live tweeting for NXT TakeOver 30 on August 22nd. And as far as I know, on October 25th, which I believe what the date is for NXT UK TakeOver Dublin, I will be live tweeting for that as well, because, well, it's NXT UK TakeOver, and we need it back in our lives in the worst way possible. And, of course, New Japan is back, and we are officially on the road to the G1 Climax, and that's going to be an amazing thing. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait for the your climax. But we still have to go through the month of August in order to get to where we need to be. But any big show that I am up for when it's 3.30 in the morning, I go to the bathroom, I cannot go back to sleep, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, you can find me over there at perspective Memes, updates on shows, in case you missed it, 60-second thought videos, all that good stuff. If you have any solid pro wrestling memes that you may have found on the, on the social medias or you made one yourself, send it my way. If I like it enough, I will put it, post it on my page. I will tag you in it. I will tag all the members of Wrestle Addict Radio into it. And you will definitely have your 15 minutes of magnificence and excellence to, to make your day just that much more positive. It is a strong guarantee. I have not had one yet, but I am I am calling all of you out. Send me your best pro wrestling memes. If I like it enough, it's going on my page because I want to have that fun dialogue with you guys out of love and respect for you. If you also want to find me over on the Facebooks, the land of the Suckerbug, yes, I still have my Facebook. Why, I do not know, but it is okay with the fact that I do have one. But since my Instagram does link to my Facebook and everything else, you get all the posts there as well. But if you want to search for it, Head over to facebook.com and search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, follow it, share it with a friend. Over 100 followers are on that page. Thank you guys so much for getting us over the hump of 100. Let's get to 200 as quickly as humanly possible. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. And I'm looking over to the judges to ensure that I fulfill my obligations for the day. Looking over at Sri Lanka. For the day. And I believe I get the thumbs up. That might be because I don't. Is it a thumbs up? Nope, it's a thumbs up. All right. Tomorrow night, of course, is, uh, it is Tuesday. And that means we get last week, this week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT, and get you brought and ready for Wednesday night's episode of the Black and gold standards should be. Uh, I have not seen a damn thing in terms of um, anything. I have not seen the episode of NXT at all. So I'm going to watch it tomorrow, enjoy it through the day, finish it up, and I'm going to get to talk to you guys about it because it's just how we get down. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday night, if you're listening to this on Monday. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday morning if you're listening to it tomorrow, or today, technically, since it's Tuesday. And I'll see you guys right back here. Tomorrow night for tonight for episode 240 of the YLP podcast. See you. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.